The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 24th College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, the Banditos' fresh made daily kickoff with your host, Phil Halk. Sequels are not always what they are cracked up to be. After all, for every Rocky, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, Yo, I did it! I did it! there is a hangover to Jaws 3 and Weekend at Bernie's, the sequel. Sporting events are no different. After all, a lot of people still talk about Ali Frazier 1, 2, and 3, and that time Smokin' Joe got knocked down. Six weeks ago, a game was played that has quickly become one of the most acclaimed blockbusters in Notre Dame history. Russian three, dropping eight. Uyunglele steps up, loads and throws. It's caught. It's pitched backwards, up in the air. It's on the ground, still in Clemson's hands. And now it is down. It is over. And the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. That game was so good that the sequel was being talked about before the two teams had even left the field. And now the time is here. The college football gods have given us a rapid encore to an instant classic. And while some sequels are really good, and some are really bad, one thing is certain. This week, the eyes of the football world are squarely focused on ND Clemson 2, the rematch. Banditos with three Fort Wayne locations, Waynedale, Georgetown, and Glenbrook Commons. Banditos is fresh made daily. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight. From America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Flight by Yingling. Only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. Raise the bar. This is Fighting Irish Preview. This is Art Salzberg. I don't endorse everybody, but I've found a company that I think provides a great service. The company is Shearer McCulloch, and what they do is targeted specifically for seniors, people who may be thinking about downsizing and are overwhelmed by the thought of what it's going to take. Shearer McCulloch will pack you up, move you, and then sell your house and everything that's left. Now that's the most comprehensive relocation service anywhere in what I call in sports terms covering all the bases. Sharon McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They're looking to get top dollar from people who have an interest in the special treasures you've collected over the years. Sharon McCulloch is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms. If Sharon and I decide to make a change in lifestyle, we'll be calling Sharon McCulloch at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. We trust them, and we know they'll make things easy and profitable. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Tim Priest, for two weeks of hype, uh, we've analyzed this game over and over, similar to what we did six weeks ago. Uh, 
for crying out loud, let's play some football. Uh, but we do have lots to talk about. Uh, lots of news this week coming out of the Notre Dame football world. But first, why not? Let's play a little game. You have covered some really big games over the years. So I'm going to name a few of them. And you tell me how this week's game compares in terms of bigness. All right. First one, obvious choice, uh, at least in my mind. ND Miami, 1988, Lou and Jimmy Johnson. Who boy, I mean, historically one of the great games in Notre Dame Stadium history. Um, you know, the, the yeah, I'm, I was going to refer to another game, but you're probably going to bring that up, so I'll save that. But yeah, 88, I mean, Jimmy Johnson, Notre Dame, Miami, the animosity between the two schools. I don't think that there's that type of animosity between Notre Dame and Clemson, but you know, there's a rivalry that is certainly developing here and. Eh, if if somehow these two teams meet for a third time, uh, it's really a rivalry. But I mean, as big of a game as I've ever been to in Notre Dame Stadium, except for maybe one or two others, which would be possibly the next one. Now, I'm I, I actually was going to reference also from the '88 season the Notre Dame USC game that was huge out at the Coliseum. But let's move on to the to my third one, and that's actually ND Florida State. You probably anticipated that one, 1993. That was one versus two. Uh, the first time college football game day ever went on location. Uh, big game. Yeah, I just remember that because of the hype during the week. I, I, there was unprecedented press access to coaches and players that week. I mean, they really, the university contributed to the buildup of it and it lived up to it. I think I've talked before about uh, – actually being at Lou Holtz's house two nights before the, the Notre Dame Florida State game, meeting Regis Philbin there. I mean, it was as much drama and uh, hype as you can imagine with a football game. It accompanied that 93 game, and it certainly lived up to it. That was an amazing game. Uh, all right, next one up. Uh, and this was big because I think because fans were so hungry because of Notre Dame had been in a drought, and I'm talking about – Charlie Wise, 2005, NDUSC, the Bush Push game. Yeah, it's I mean, it's really kind of difficult to separate which was a quote better game. I mean, 88 Miami, 93 Florida State, 2005 USC, so close. Nordic was so close that day in their in their green jerseys and played fantastic football. A lot of people say that uh, Charlie Wise's best game at Notre Dame was a loss. Uh, to USC and and again the hype. I, I, I it's difficult for me to measure the hypometer on these kind of things, but uh, spectacular game and as great a game as it possibly could be in an Oregon loss. It, it was a big big hype and the the crowd was as electric as it really as it was on in '88 or '93 in my opinion uh, because I was in the stands for all those games. All right, last one. How does this game, Tim, compare? to ND Clemson six weeks ago. There's way more at stake for Clemson. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Because if they, lo they lose a second time, I know that Dabo Sweeney has tried to lobby a little bit, but if it's a close loss or if it's another great game and it goes Notre Dame's way, that they're still deserving of one of the four best teams in the country. I think even if Clemson does lose, they are still one of the four best teams in the country, but I don't deserve, I don't believe they deserve a spot in the playoffs when you've lost twice. Uh, but it's going it's to be a really difficult task for Notre Dame to pull off the sweep. The circumstances way different than anything we've experienced 
ACC Championship, Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big, big game, folks, no matter what. But yeah, Clemson's got more at stake because uh, Notre Dame can get in. We don't want to talk about a loss, but they could still get in with a loss. Okay, lots of big news this week, as we said. Uh, news hits on Monday, defensive coordinator Clark Lee heading to Vanderbilt. Uh, why did this move make sense for him? And we actually kind of anticipated it. Uh, and will he continue to coach the Irish through the end of the season? Yeah, there aren't too many situations where, uh, you know, you say the Vanderbilt job makes sense because uh, it's a tough job. But James Franklin used that to catapult himself to Penn State. Uh, Clark Lee is a Nashville native, went to school, played fo- at Vanderbilt, uh, played football at Vanderbilt, walk on fullback. Uh, so it's near and dear to him. And, um, you know, I, he's confident that he can make them a, a more successful program than they've been. From a Notre Dame perspective, it could be the groundwork of him eventually becoming head coach uh, at, at Notre Dame uh, down the road. Yes, he will continue to coach. He'll coach uh, the ACC championship game. And as long as Notre Dame is participating in uh, in postseason play, presumably the playoffs. So uh, there's some comfort in there. Notre Dame will make a decision. Brian Kelly will make a decision on the defensive coordinator in due time. There's no rush to do it with Clark Lee in place for the remainder of the season. Yeah, no rush to make that decision. But, Tim, do you think Brian Kelly promotes from within and he does have a, a recent track record of doing that, or do you think he opens it up and looks outside the program? I, I think he'll look to see what's out there, but I think when all is said and done, he will pro- promote from within. Uh, Mike Elson, the defensive line coach, has been passed over a few times. Uh, Van Gorder, Elko, Lee. Uh, but I think it's time, and I, I think he gets the job, and it, it keeps the defensive philosophy intact without any transition there other than the man that's at the, the, the top of the totem pole there. And then it also allows you to, Nick Lazinski is a is a, a guy that's been in the organization. Nordian graduate's been in the been in the uh, analyst role. He was a grad assistant at one point. He would, if Elson gets the job, I believe that uh, Lazinski would then be elevated to coach the linebackers, which of course is the position that Clark Lee coached. Well, I think Lazinski has definitely shown that he is ready for that job, and that would make a lot of sense. And if he doesn't end up as the linebackers coach at Notre Dame, I would imagine that's probably what he might end up doing at Vanderbilt. Okay, let's talk recruiting. Wednesday kicked off the national early signing period. Uh, by the time we're re- recording this, uh, uh, 24 new recruits are in in the class, uh, ninth ranked class overall by 24-7, uh, with more to come. Uh, Tim, did this class address the needs that uh, Notre Dame had, and did losing Clark Lee have an impact? Uh, I would say on most instances, it, um, it it did address the needs. I, you know, they were in on some really great tight ends early. They ended up getting Kane Barong, who's a fine tight end, but not to the level of some of the other guys that they were in on. Uh, but, you know, really, for a second year in a row, really addressed the secondary because Notre Dame is short on people there. They got their offensive tackles. They've got the pre one of the premier quarterbacks in the country, Tyler Buckner. Um, and they haven't, uh, as of this moment, haven't gotten the running backs that they had hoped to get. Logan Diggs and a uh, young man that's, that was verbally committed to Michigan State, Audric Estime, we expect them to end up uh, at Notre Dame, and then also the possibility 
of a safety that's verbally committed to um, LSU. So I think it's a really good class. I, I, I think I like the three-star players more than normal. The pandemic prevented a few of these players from being elevated to a four-star. I think it's a really good class. I don't always say that uh, because generally speaking at the end of a recruiting class, everybody says the class is good, but I think it, I, I think it really addressed a lot of issues. And, and I thought they did a tremendous job of really unearthing some talent in a time when the pandemic made it very difficult. Well, and and then the next question that comes up as a result of what's going to change at Notre Dame uh, after this season is Tyler Buckner, who really has been the prize of this class in my mind for a long time. Is he ready to step in and play quarterback next year? Well, he, he will be an early entry. So he will have an opportunity to learn the system as opposed to you know, the plan, I, I don't know if it's still in place, was for California to have their football season in the spring. But rather than do that, he's just coming to Notre Dame and getting started. I believe he's one of, I'm saying, 14 early enrollees, which is by far a record at Notre Dame. So it'll give him a chance to uh, compete for it. Ian Book's gone. Brendan Clark's dealing with a knee injury. Drew Pine is inexperienced, uh, young, small. Uh, Tyler Buckner has an excellent opportunity um, to stake a claim to that job as early as uh, March. Well, it'll be interesting to go back to reporting on a quarterback uh, race again, which seemed to be what we did for a long time on this program until the rise of Ian Book. All right, perhaps the most critical situation the Irish have been dealing with over the last two weeks, who will play center? Uh, of course, the loss of Jarrett Patterson at Boston College last month. Zeke Carell, Josh Lug have both filled in, but they both dealt with their own injuries so, Tim, who plays this week, and did we get a, a pretty good heads up as to who that person might be when we heard from Kyron Williams this past week <laughs> on, on on Tuesday night? Yeah, Kyron Williams, uh, I don't they inadvertently spilled the beans about the center position, but at, at Irish Illustrated, we had been told that Josh Lug was the leading candidate. I thought Zeke Corral did a really, really nice job against North Carolina. And that was playing with a, a, a pretty severe high ankle sprain in the entire second uh, second half of that game. So I think, you know, Corral's got a really strong future, could be in the starting lineup as early as next season. But Josh Lug, 6'7", another big body in there that's going to have to deal with Tyler Davis's return to the lineup for Clemson. So uh, unless something else has occurred that we don't know about, it's going to be Josh Lug okay. uh, starting at center for the second straight game. Okay, it looks like it's Josh Lug. And as you said, dealing with the uh, – uh, a healthy Tyler Davis in the middle of that Clemson defensive line. It's going to be a critical matchup. Uh, Tim, let's let's turn specifically to Trevor Lawrence, and I want to talk about the 2018 Cotton Bowl at this time. Uh, he was a freshman, and I don't need to remind anybody how outstanding he was in that game, but I'll do it anyway. 27-39, 327 yards, three touchdowns, all in the second quarter. Tim, I remember being down on the field with you a couple hours before that game, and we were both struck by his presence. And then after the game in the press conference, an 18-year-old kid, obviously wise beyond his years. Is he really that good? He is really that good. And, uh, yeah, I've told people about that story, being on the field, as we saw him walk onto the field well before the start of the game. And there was a – I swear I saw an aura surrounding him. <laughs> When he was striding on the field, he just has a great presence. And, you know, I didn't I, I didn't zero in on him in evaluating the, the first matchup because he was out with COVID. Uh, but I've obviously studied him a lot here in the last couple of weeks. And, 
He is fantastic. What an incredible touch. His accuracy is off the chart. Um, I've said he has the, he has the precision of a diamond cutter. He is, he's really, really good. He's added the running game uh, to his repertoire. So Notre Dame has its hands full. I know, I know DJ Uyangalele threw for 439 yards last time, but this is a guy that can keep the chains moving. Remember they struggled on third down. He can keep the chains moving. Notre Dame really is going to have to find a way to put pressure on because if he has time to throw, uh, most of those throws are pretty automatic. Yeah, and he is just about as well-rounded as they come. And Trevor Lawrence is 38-1 and as a starter. Let's talk CFP and the range of possibilities for the uh, result of the Irish-Clemson game. Three scenarios. Tell me who is in the CFP and who is out. Notre Dame, 17-point loss. Well, that's that's really tough to say. So, I mean, I, I think Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame still gets in. They probably drop. They dropped to number four uh, in, in the polls, which means that they likely draw Alabama in the first round. Nobody wants to pay, play Alabama in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, you'd rather not have to play them at all and still win a national title. But likely, the the best case scenario is is uh, with a loss. I think Notre Dame, whether it's short odds or or, or long. I think they still get in. Now, if it's a you know 35-point game, which just absolutely should not happen, that could change things. But I think Notre Dame drops to number four with a loss uh, of any any uh, point spread. Okay. With a close loss, then what you're saying is they're in. So then the last remaining possibility is an ND win. Can Clemson get in? They could. I don't think that they deserve to. I don't. I just don't believe in a – especially in a year where you haven't played as many games as normal – you know, I, I know you could argue that they lost to two great teams twice, Notre Dame both times, but I just don't think that in a four-team playoff, in a limited number of games type year, that a two-loss team should be in the playoffs. So I think the committee will find a reason as well to uh, elevate somebody else. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 353rd edition of Fighting Irish Preview. Shining through these windows of mine And I want it to be easy, easy Your clear choice is Bushy Treat each house as if it was your own Our mission statement at Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling Hi, I'm Jim Bushy At Bushy's we're proud of our home improvement products that we offer And we are even more proud of the award-winning installers Who will come to your home Right now, take advantage of our 12-month 0% interest payment plan And estimates are always free So call Bushy's at 456-1247 Stop into our showroom Or check out Bushy'sFW.com Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling Your clear choice Your clear choice The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. Ian Book's career record as a starter is 30-3. George Gibbs' career record was 27-2. 
Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. This is Fighting Irish Preview. It's ND Clemson, the rematch in the ACC Championship game this week. TV coverage on ABC starts at 4 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Mastercraft, and Premier Pontoons. We share your boating passion. This week, we continue our series on the great pass receivers of the Brian Kelly years. Let's review those receivers that we have covered so far. Golden Tate, Kyle Rudolph, Michael Floyd, Tyler Eifert, TJ Jones, Will Fuller, Equiminius St. Brown, Miles Boykin, Cole Komet, and Chase Claypool. And this week, Chris Fink. Chris Fink, a diminutive walk-on out of Cleveland, Ohio in 2015. Not expected to ever really contribute a lot beyond the scout team. But through dogged determination, he earned a scholarship, worked his way into the starting lineup, made some big plays, and was eventually named captain. And now he's being honored as an all-time Irish hero. Heck, if you think about it, it just might be a better story than Rudy. Chris Fink, all five foot nine, 175 pounds of him, was redshirted in year one. But by a sophomore season, he was turning heads and was awarded a scholarship. He caught 10 passes and had two touchdowns that season and carved out a role on the team. Grabbed another handful of passes and added punt return duties in 2017, and by 2018, he was fully incorporated into the ND offense. Started that season off with a memorable TD catch against Michigan in the opener, and finished the season with 49 catches, 571 yards, and two TDs. Came back for his graduate year in 2019, and completed the improbable journey from walk-on to team captain. On the field, he continued to sparkle. Precise roots and reliability out of the slot position. He added another 31 catches, 546 yards, and four TDs. He also was counted on as a sure-handed punt returner. Tim, Chris Fink pieced together decent, although somewhat limited skills, but a knack for perseverance, and he combined that with an opportunity to walk on at Notre Dame and went on to an outstanding career. I think we always expected him to, to be placed on scholarship, but ascending to captain is just a tremendous story. You know, he's a he's a humble kid, understated uh, until he gets around until he got around his teammates. His teammates loved him, uh, obviously, by selecting him as captain. Um, you know, Nordane knew about him because of Malik Zaire. They they were high school teammates, and so that's why I say when he came to Nordane, I think we knew eventually. He had enough skill that he would end up earning a scholarship, but uh, they called him Slippery Fox. And uh, he, as you mentioned, he was a punt returner, a very sure-handed punt returner. 
and the play against Michigan to open the 2018 season is one that Notre Dame fans will remember forever. Absolutely. A great catch. Showed uh, strength that I didn't know he had when he pulled that football in that day against Michigan. Chris Fink has continued his improbable journey now into the NFL as a free agent, yet to make a game appearance, but he is currently the property of the San Francisco 49ers. Chris Fink, another Marina at Lake Gage all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats, and it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish victory. Clemson is 9-1 and ranked third in the latest CFP rankings. Six weeks ago, double overtime loss to the Irish. I suspect we all recall that game. All-world quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Outlast time is back. In the two games he has played since, he's performed like his old self, leading Clemson to a 52-17 win over Pitt and a 45-10 win at Virginia Tech. He passes, he runs, he executes. He is going to be the number one overall in the next NFL draft. The Tiger offense does not stop at the quarterback position. Senior running back Travis Etienne, who was pretty much stopped by the Irish in November, will be looking to rebound from that performance. On the season, he's piled up uh, 1,270 yards rushing and receiving combined and has scored 14 touchdowns. Interestingly, Etienne has not had a 100-yard rushing day since October 10th. Amari Rogers leads a deep receiving core with 61 catches, uh, good for 845 yards and six TDs. Cornell Powell is also very dangerous. Last month against the Irish, Powell caught six for 161 yards, including a 53-yard touchdown. The Tigers are number two nationally in scoring at 46.1 per game and 10th in total offense. Defensively, they are loaded. Ninth in total defense, 16th in scoring defense. They are among the best in the nation with 93 tackles for loss, And with 38 sacks, the Tigers have picked off 13 passes and in total forced 22 turnovers, second most nationally. Linebacker James Skalski and defensive tackle Tyler Davis and linebacker Mike Jones all missed the first game but are now back. The veteran Skalski has been called the quarterback of the defense and Davis pretty much demands a double team in the middle. Balance on offense, pass rush, run stoppers, turnovers. There just aren't many weaknesses here. Tim Priester, what is the Aspen mortgage key to an Irish victory? Defensively for Notre Dame, it, it still starts with stopping the run. And and, um, and Clemson has had difficulty with run blocking, as great as ETN is. So it starts there. But, I, you know, Brian Kelly said it, 439 yards passing last time. They can't afford to, to allow those kind of numbers this time. So, you know, I think it, I, I think the burden is on the Notre Dame secondary to make a play, whether it's it doesn't necessarily have to be a turnover per se or multiple turnovers, but make a play on a big play on third down, uh, whatever it takes defensively against the pass, which, as I talked about with the, the accuracy of Trevor Lawrence, going to be very difficult. OK, we'll stop the run again. That's where it starts, but be better on the back end. And you talk about a big play out of the defense. Maybe Kyle Hamilton finally will come up with his first interception. That would be a big play. And that is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish? Well, they're going to need a pass rush with the the, the four men up front. And so Adi Ogundeji and, and uh, Dalen Hayes are, are key right off the bat. But I'm going to point to Clarence Lewis. Clarence Lewis was not in the starting lineup uh, at cornerback when Notre Dame played Clemson last. He was Tariq Bracey. And Clarence Lewis is a true freshman. I love everything about what he's doing lately. Maybe he can be the guy that makes a big play against Trevor Lawrence. 
All right, Clarence Lewis, and that is your Aspen Mortgage Key Irish Player this week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN, and it's now time for the Injury Report, brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy, your choice for physical therapy now with 20 Indiana locations. Tim, how do the Irish stand health-wise heading into the Indy Clemson, the sequel? Well, they've had a couple of weeks off here in, in, the, in the last few, so they, they, uh, they haven't been you know, not nearly as much contact game situation, less contact in practice, of course, too. But, you know, mainly it's still that center position. Josh Lug had the hand injury against Syracuse, but is good to go. Uh, if Zeke Carell is called in an action, I would imagine he can go with that high ankle sprain. Uh, but it's pretty much pretty much those two guys and, and ready to roll moving forward, which is which is good because it matches the health that uh, that Clemson now has. Yeah, no real news here, and that's good news. Thanks, Tim. And that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated Prediction, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. Uh, Tim Priester, Vegas says the Irish by 10.5. You know, that line opened last Sunday at 7. Crazy. Over-under is 60. What does America's foremost authority say? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not shocked that it went up to 10 and a half. I mean, what, what it comes down to is, you know, where, where, where the betters end up, uh, siding. And so that, that tells you what the experts think about this game that Clemson in a rematch on in a uh, neutral site, neutral field, um, has a distinct edge with Trevor Lawrence coming back, Tyler Davis, James Skalski, Mike Jones Jr. We say these names over and over again. I think it's really difficult for Notre Dame here. You know, Clemson's back. Their backs are to the wall. They have to win, uh, or at least the way we look at it. They have to win in order to make the playoffs. Not saying that Notre Dame doesn't want to remain undefeated, but they do know that they have a cushion here. I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, I still think that Notre Dame has the edge in the trenches physically. Uh, Dabble Sweeney has admitted that. He said they, we got our butts beat last time. So, um, Nerding still has that edge, and yet Clemson almost won last time, even with that disadvantage. I'm going with a final score of 34 to 23 in favor of the Tigers. All right. Clemson 34, Notre Dame 23. Clemson covers. And that is Tim Priester's world famous Irish Illustrated prediction. Tim, again, we're, we're thinking pretty much alike. When two teams are so closely matched in a rematch, I generally, without thinking much more about it, would favor the team that lost the first time around. And with Trevor Lawrence back, Clemson defense short up, I, I think it makes sense to expect uh, Clemson having a lot more on the line to get some revenge. But the wild card in my mind is Ian Book, and especially the improvement that we've seen out of the Irish passing game uh, since midseason. If that improvement trajectory in the passing game goes up another notch, all bets are off. But my head says, and you know it hurts me to say this, Clemson 34, Notre Dame 27. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.